Bow, what's up everybody? Thank y'all for tuning in to the Nick and Mal Show. I am Nick Johnson, one half of the Nick and Mal Show. To the left of me is my brother, Guala, aka Mally Stowe, aka Guala. Um, first of all, it's mad weird being this close. It to is, you. but it's all good. It's all good. Saying. We look, we look like we're friends now. Exactly. So let's try not to argue this. We episode. like, we, we like the Brooklyn Nets. You know what I'm saying? What all the superstars come together. And speaking about superstars. We got some superstars in the building. <laughs> uh, this, this, is, this is special for the people. This is the OG talk, you know? Tell them your idea behind this, man. What was your idea? My, all right, so OG talk, right? We're going to get the old heads, right? No no disrespect. No disrespect. And you guys have your own show. You understand what I'm saying? So if it would be you, Dave, Uncle Thomas, you guys have your own show. And this also is an idea we had when um, we had the Falzones on. And uh, his father, his uh, Nick Falzone, his father um, was on. Falzone, Mr. Falzone, his friend's supposed to have their own podcast. And we can have them on here. And the Nick and Mal, you know, logo will be on and everything, you know. That would be great to have yeah. them do an episode with, with uh, Uncle Jack. Yeah. It probably gets into, into some real gangster shit. Because the two OGs in here. Come on. But That's we got Pop Guala in the building. Yes. And yes. Uncle, what's your name again? Thomas. Uncle, Uncle Thomas. Thomas. I'm Uncle sorry. It's my first time meeting Uncle it. Thomas. And I got have a job. Tommy <laughs> 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 yeah. got no job. A lot of people understand. <laughs> That's from Marvin. Tommy, you ain't got no job. Uh-huh. Nigga, you ever watch Martin? Oh my god, that was my favorite show. Like, yeah, you definitely watched that. I watched, I watched, um, like it was a certain period when I came to America. That was all I would watch. Like, over, I watched every episode multiple times. Yeah. I used to have it on DVD. This is before streaming and all that stuff. What, what did y'all grow up on? Cosby, the Cosby's, Brady Bunch. But see, the Cosby was the first black television show where it was positive that they mm-hmm. weren't house cleaners, mm-hmm. they weren't living in the projects you know i'm a saying i'm gonna correct myself i would say the jeffersons okay but the jeffersons branched off from um what was it the archie bunker mm-hmm. for the archie bunker show where um mrs jefferson was clean in his house and was, was she was a house cleaner wow. and he was working george was working in the cleaners at a time mm-hmm. and then he had an opportunity to open one up and that's the song moving on up to the east side okay because they left and they you know to a high rise deluxe in the sky wait so the jeffersons is literally a Spin, show a that word yeah. but that's how great they were i never knew yeah. that i thought that was just yeah. his own thing yeah. so then you know say from there then we had good times but of course they living in chicago the worst projects they never got a chance got ahead in life but then when you're sitting down and you're seeing a black family one with one's a doctor one's a lawyer and they have kids you know but they're dealing with everyday life you know that was a great show so what did that mean for black people at the time oh it was positive it was definitely a positive thing for black people because we always like he said we've always been betrayed in certain ways we've always been portrayed in a certain way so to show us uplifting that we do have good jobs we do have good families but we still go through the same struggles it was a different way to look at things so as a young black man did that give you like did it have like a kind of like for us right Obama became president and then I wasn't in America at the time but I assumed the feeling was hey we can do anything we can literally become president did you guys kind of have that like oh shit like from that show no from that show no my, my father my mother his mother his father these were my role models I understood it was a show and I enjoyed seeing it where I didn't have to 
wish like on good times um you know will she get this job you, you know you know what i'm saying it's you know it's it's a chance if she gets this job because at one point um james evan in good times he ended up passing away or whatever that's how they wrote him off the show but he ended up passing away he got a job going to alaska working on the pipeline so that was going to get them out then he ended up dying out there mm. so she had to go to work and um, what was it she started driving the school bus so she was hoping to get this job and pass this physical you know so next week we'll find out okay so now you know just having um what was the name of the show bill cosby, the cosby uh-huh. show uh-huh. just having it on it was just refreshing to see people that looked like me you know in a two-family household no one's on welfare no one is struggling but dealing with problems you know and they're solving the problems they're not whipping their kids you know this kid isn't strung out on drugs you know but this is how the media portrays us and they still do mm-hmm. <laughs> before we get into y'all childhood how y'all met and everything growing up back then we got some like gifts here we gotta show the people let's, let's, do, it. let's, do, gifts, it. let's do a little unboxing so what you got here nick okay first this that drip shout out to pops that's the uh what's the name of your business pops um stove bomb waffing kennels i'm um always been into the breed rottweiler and i tried other breeds, but I had to come back home. Y'all see that, man. To That's the, clean. To the Rottweiler breed. And everybody says they want a German Rottweiler until they get a German Rottweiler. <laughs> Why? It's a working dog. So you get a lot of dogs from Serbia. Smell good. That you get good dogs, I'm not going to lie. I had two of them from there, two females. But it's more of a show line dog. So, you know, I go down south a few times a year, and I'd rather have a good working Rottweiler in my house than a good show Rottweiler in my house. What's the difference mm-hmm. between a German Rottweiler and a regular Rottweiler? What's a, a German Rottweiler, if you ask me, is the regular Rottweiler. Mm. You get a lot of people. I'm going to put it to you. I'm going to break it down to you real quick like this. There's Rottweilers that are pro- poorly bred, that they're just skinny. They look like a Doberman, okay? So everybody assumes that those are American Rottweilers. Why? because they're here in this country. Guarantee you, in China, in Germany, there's people that just don't care anyway, and they're going to put anything together. Malcolm will tell you, I'll have a puppy or dog at my house, and I'll spend a lot of money on it. And if it doesn't make the cut, it's going to somebody else's house. There's no need. And there's just no need for the dog at my house. But it's a working dog. A Rottweiler's a working dog. But now you have a lot of dogs coming in from Serbia. And what happens is the common person that's looking for a dog, they want the big head, the huge chest. Like there's a kennel. And I know once this airs and I'll probably get a lot of hate mail and I don't care. And Serbia, <laughs> Tim the dogs are garbage. Huge heads, mushed in muzzles. The dogs can't breathe. They can't work. Overbites. But What's they, the name of the dog? Tim, it's a Rottweiler, but the kennel's called Timitor. T-I-M-T-T-O-R. T-I-M-I-T-T-O-R. Okay. Mm, Timitor kennel. Okay. You said the dogs are trash? Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. That dog can't work. The Rottweiler's a working breed. It looks weird. It looks like yes. a little pug mixed yes. with a Rottweiler. Yes. And that's the whole thing. But everybody here in America are in love with that. And 
That's not a real dog. No. <laughs> why is it? Why is it never deemed like we? I, I mean, you had this conversation before. Like they breed all these dogs and they become less functional as dogs. Like in the sense of they're living, they have more diseases, they're more prone to dying young because shit like this. This yeah. is people like human breeding to fucking turn our wild ahead into yeah. some weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody, what what a lot of people fail to realize is, you know, you'll go back four or five generations and the dog could have say working titles show titles you know ch- champions now you go say the fourth generation now you have a few show and working titles in there but now people are breeding them to this one and to that one and as you're going down just breeding and breeding and breeding the dog loses it you know what i'm saying yeah, it's, yeah. it's working function mm-hmm. but people look at it oh five generations down there was four champions in the bloodline so my dog comes from uh-huh. champion bloodline so, so what's the generation level? Does it stop, you would say? Second generation, third? Well, if you, people keep it up. Like, okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I got the dog Chopper to work, to work him. But two knee replacements, back surgery, it, it slowed me up mm-hmm. from working him the way I wanted to work him. What causes the deterioration down the, the, the line? Because I know, like, with certain animals, they, like, I, I forgot what I was watching the video. They In Iceland, I believe, they breed, they have their specific type of horse that you can't find anywhere else and they do not allow any horses to be imported to dirty the bloodline so what basically causes that's the same thing just breeding a bad quality dog so just taking a dog if I have a dog that's just scared of everything mm. and then breeding it to a dog that's confident, let's just say. Now we have 10 puppies. Some of those puppies are not going to be confident. You, you know, everything just, just genetic. So when you start throwing in trash like that, but I'm going to tell you now, down in the South, they love that. They yeah. like timid dogs? Yeah. No, that timid dog garbage. Yeah. That, that, that Down in the South, those people, they love it. What's yeah. your what's your goal for the breeding business, pops? I feel like you want to take this thing to the top. It's been a long time. Where yeah, it's like been a long time. I, I feel like you got you got a lot of time, but I don't know your life. But you're retired. Yeah, you know what I mean. You got the yeah, but you know what it is. Also, it's you know family first. Mm-hmm. So Malcolm went away to college, played football. So where all the training is done is on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So it's, I can go this weekend, but now I got to miss two, three weekends. You know, you start falling behind. So it's like in class. So if there's a group of 10 guys and we're all learning a certain thing and now I'm missing two and three go arounds, you know, training sessions, you just fall to me, I, you know, you just fall behind and then having the surgeries and stuff like that. So so is everything good with your body now? Like you've had the... Yeah, but I do. I need another knee replacement surgery. Mm. So that's just another thing. So I'm, I'm going to get back in. Into it. I talked to my um, my man Joe, who has a place, and he does training every um, Friday in the morning. So I'm gonna start working back out with him. When I wanted to start, you know, unfortunately Eric passed away, so that kind of, you know, now I got to just get my mind right and ready. Right, right, right. Yeah. And RP to Uncle Eric, man, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So. And Aunt Tanya, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. And we had a, uh, you know, we had Justin on the show, and that yeah. was just real touching to hear him talk yeah, about that. Yeah. So it's like, and I just. You know, she was my person I talked to when I was in the car. Like, I'm going somewhere, I'm doing something, I can call her at work, call her, you know, at home. Now I hop in the car. Who the hell am I going to call? And that wasn't your sister. That was your sister-in-law. My sister-in-law. I had to take a break right Yep. Yeah. What happened? SD card. Oh, is that full? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that what that, that red thing in the middle means? Yeah. He got us with a new one? No. Nah. 
Good catch, though, man. Damn, let me let me want to show them after, yeah, but yeah. this is. Like, you know, you know where this, this, you know where this is going, right? Right in the car. <laughs> in the car. <laughs> now we gonna put it on uh, the uh, the studio we got in my crib. Oh, okay. We gonna put it on the shelves. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice. Use that one and put this one in the computer. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That tidbit. That's in New York. The place you said is trash. Tibetor. Tibetor. No, it's a kennel. It's in Serbia. Yeah. Oh, it's in Serbia. It's in Serbia. So, how, how do they ship their dogs over here? It, well, they go from Serbia, from Serbia to it Spain. I want to say they're from Spain mm. to whatever airport. So, like, if you live in Alabama, your dog is going to get shipped to Georgia. I wonder how much one of these dogs cost from there. There, it's up there. Well, you know what it is. Also, with coronavirus, the price of everything went up. So uh-huh. what? Yeah. So when Corona first hit, I was living in Albany, and when, in one of the malls in Albany, they literally have a dog like a shop. You go buy all these like hike like five thousand dollars a dog, six thousand dollars, and COVID hit, and it was it's like it was on clearance sale. Like you get a five thousand dollar dog for like five hundred. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, but, but honestly, they probably pay. I'm going to go back. I used to manage a pet shop and we would get, now this is the late 80s, early 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Dating stories. stories. (laughs) But we would pay $100 for a Rottweiler and sell it for $900. So back then, $900, that was a lot of money. That's a come up. That's a profit margin of what? 900%? So. How how long are you taking to sell this? Because maybe you got to feed it. You got to. Yeah. No, you take the feed in it to sell, you know, yeah, yeah, everything. But still, it's just a markup. But these dudes get these dogs from freaking puppy mills. Wow. That's why they, so I don't care what you call it. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to lie to you. Like, my dad was into dogs, too. My dad used to breed dogs. And, like, I, I want to breed animals when I get older. Hmm. But for me now, it's cats. Like, I think cats are more interesting to breed. I'm just saying dog people are weird. Dog people are weird. They are. I'm being honest with you. You meet very few, like, somebody. And I'm quite sure people say the same shit about me. But, like, this, long story short, this chick down in Alabama. I sold a puppy for her. She got a dude in Queens that's buying the puppy. So she lives down in Mobile. That's down in the coast. She doesn't want to meet me in Montgomery to pick the puppy up. Now the guy doesn't want the puppy shipped because he brought a puppy years ago from somebody, mm-hmm. and it was in the shipper's van for a few days. And three days later, it caught the parvo virus and ended up dying from it. Oh. So me, it was a shot, a clear shot. So I was going to charge that one dude four hundred dollars, drop the puppy off, it, and then have the other guy pick his puppy up. She doesn't want to meet me up into up in um, Montgomery, Alabama, because that's an hour away from her. So she wants me to drive down. So she's saying her car, her truck can't make it to 20 year truck. Bitch, you got a Mustang. It's not that old. <laughs> so she's worried her three hour drive. So I got a trick for her. My dog transporter is going to pick the puppy up from me. He's starting out on the 17th in Louisiana. Yeah. And he's going to pick the puppy up, meet me in Georgia. And I'm bringing that one female puppy that I sold. I'm bringing that puppy to New York. Uh, that male puppy, that's not my problem. <laughs> but this is, it's a constant thing. You right. know, like you just get, the people are so crazy. So weird. Thing, man. No, it is like this. You know. 
There's a. This is not being recorded, is it? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Because nah, I'm hearing there's this, <laughs> this, this, this couple. Their friend brought a dog for me, and I don't know. She's a dog trainer. I don't know what type of dog training she does, but her kids are called. It's the children. She put a picture up of one of the puppies on the counter in the house. Totally different mindset. There's, and it, it just irks me. Like mm, my kid, and I, and I, I think I told Malcolm. She has it ran into. A real German Shepherd or a real Rottweiler. She mm. wouldn't know how to train a wow. dog. So. Mm. Oh, you want to hop back into what we were talking about? You talking about Antonia when we left off? Yeah, yeah. Let's hop into that. You ready? Yeah. Hold on. It's a good question. It's you, recording. Yeah, it's recording. What you, did you hit the button behind? Yeah. yeah Pops, can you just tell me what the it says under the button on the screen? Oh, you need. I think the red light at the bottom means it's recording. You good, right? Yeah, it's recording. All right, cool. Bow, we have to take a quick intermission. Uh, we'll be back. So, Bow, so I was asking you about like um, the unfortunate passing of Antonia and uh, Uncle Eric. But you were saying like you and Antonia was like one of your the rocks in your life. Like. Yeah, yeah, she was. The, let me tell you, like I love getting family together. Like I love getting family together. But the bullshit that comes with some of these motherfuckers that come, I'm being honest with you. I've seen it. And that, that come with it, it, it's annoying. Like, you come to my house, I'm not a rich person. And I'm never going to portray that I'm rich. And I'm never going to act like I'm better than anybody. I want my family and friends at my house and enjoying themselves. I'm feeding you. Just bring whatever liquor you want and whatever fluids you want. I'm going to feed you. But Tanya, get back to it. Tanya just held everybody together, you know. And, you know, she's always um, blessed the food for us. And I know September, my brother Darius wanted to get everybody together. And she was standing there. She was standing there. Somebody's got to bless this food. I can't keep doing it. I'm not going to always be here. Somebody else has got to bless the food. Mm -hmm. But she ended up blessing the food. So now we go. That's in September. Um, She had a cast on her leg. I called her. And um, she, whatchamacallit, we were talking. She went to have the cast removed. And apparently, she had a blood clot. Wind up 30 minutes later, having a heart attack. And then, I'm not going to use Romeo and Juliet, because that's the European love story. (laughs) But my brother was just so heartbroken. The heartfelt letters, he would write to his wife on social media, to Tanya on social media. He, um... What was it? Two months and four days later, he passed away from a heart attack. So, all, and, you know, so that's leading back on to me, you know, and it's me making excuses, but I got, I'm in a funk right now. So I was going to get back into the dog training. I reached out to Joe and he was like, I'm setting something up. I'm set, setting something up. And then, you know, my brother passed, my sister-in-law passed. I'm just like, I'm in a funk. In a funk. Yeah. So I, I got to get myself out. Right. You know, and then I tell everybody I inherited three kids, even my niece and my nephews. But even though they're adults, you know, I got to make sure they're right alongside of my kids. You know, and then it hit me one day. My niece, when she gets married, I got to pay for her wedding. Mm-hmm. I just thought I had one wedding to pay for. <laughs> you know, but I'm I'm here. This is what I, you know, this is I'm, I can do it. But it's just things that are now, you know, hitting me. But I'm. it's easier that they're grown, but I still worry about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big eye opener to me when you said that you gotta pay for another wedding. I was like, "What is he talking about?" I never knew that um, 
the daughter, their parents have to pay for the wedding and everything. I never knew that. That's how it works. Technically, that's supposedly how it works, but in our culture, it doesn't go like that. <laughs> <laughs> the money. <laughs> yeah, that's no. funny. But in our culture, it doesn't go like that. But th- this is what pops more through, real quick. Yeah. See the mug. Y'all, y'all gonna see this on the Nick and Mouse set, Uncle Thomas, showing what yes, you got. Yes, yes. Special place for these, definitely. Stands too, all black stands, and we sitting nice, nice and pretty. Oh my god, we got. Have you seen the the studio? No, we gotta show you. Yeah, we show you after. We show show you guys after. after. Let's 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 get into y'all y'all childhood. You know how you guys met. Both of you guys here. Were you guys not related? Nah. Yeah. Okay, let's get the story. Yeah. And long lasting friendship. How to keep how to keep a long lasting friendship? Give all the people the gems. There you go. Respect. Respect from day one. Yeah. Well, kind of day one. Now then we go skip day, 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 yeah, <laughs> day one. Yeah, couple of days. Couple of days after day one. Day one was you know a little shaky. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's it. Just a little. Bit. Yeah, just a little. Little shaky. Uh let's see. Just being, and I'm not making any excuses. My mother passed away when I was 15 years old, so I, I'm not even going to use that as an excuse. But that this part is going to play something into this story where. What was it? Went down the block towards where he lived at. I never met him before. Didn't know him or anything like that. He's in How his, old are you? 15. Right, 15. He's in his neighbor's yard. And that's where I went down with one of my friends, you know, because he was friends with the two girls, that Martine and Martin, the ladies now that live next door to him. He looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. That's that, what it was. That's, that's it. Was. But when you're 15 and stupid, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, he looked at me. So you're looking at me because you're thinking with an adult mind right now. <laughs> That's what it is. You're not thinking <laughs> with a stupid 15-year-old kid's mind. Yeah. Like, why are you looking at me, you know? And I went up to the parking, brought the welcoming committee down there. Was, was so what committee? happened? About 20 or 30. <laughs> so just because he looked at yeah, you, yeah. you were like, all right, I'm stupid. just going to get. Yeah. And that that one incident, I'm being honest with you, could have altered my whole life. Think about mm. that. That one incident, because 15, and this is when you try, this is why I always try to talk and tell people, like a lot of people don't know, I'm a retired New York City police officer. Mm-hmm. I coached youth football in Queens. Shout out to the Springfield mm-hmm. Rifles. Big ups. I coached youth football in Long Island. That's, <laughs> that's just a whole different story. Um, but you know, I gravitated towards those kids in Queens and I understood, you know, there was one, one kid, you know, I don't want to put a young kid's name out there that I'd pick him up. I go to his school. And the, the funny thing about it, one of my coworkers mother was the head school safety in his junior high school. So once we found that out, I was always in the school. Um, moms worked overnight. So grandma took care of her. When he moved up to a different age group in football, they would call me the other coaches i go get them bring the practice take them home go get them bring the practice take them home and then my heart hurt and it still hurts me to this day when i moved and one of the coaches told me once i moved they lost them they lost them to the streets you understand and that to this day it hurts me like i feel like i left one of my kids like i moved to try to do better for my kids and now i left one of my kids to fend for himself so that that kind of you know bothers me but getting back so just just to show and you know i'm not that evil person everybody think i'm evil yeah but you know <laughs> hey, when we put 20 to 30 people so 
what to was, the part. What yeah. was you thinking when you seen these dudes rolling up on you? I didn't see him at first. I heard him. <laughs> so what was you doing at the party? You playing basketball? No, was, just chilling. On my block. On oh, the, on your block. The corner. Uh, they left. They were coming. I wasn't sure. Then you can hear all this noise. Sound like a parade. Uh oh. <laughs> so I peeked around the corner. I said, "Go in the house." I told the young lady to go in the house. And here they come. And they surrounded the gate. It's a lot of words exchanged back and forth. Nothing ever happened. Nothing came of it. I started, uh, one day we were driving past the park. My mother goes, why don't you go in the park and play? You should go up there. <laughs> Ma, you, you don't like me or something? That's where they came from. I'm mm-hmm. not going in that park. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I went in there. They never even recognized me. Uh, well, I know, I knew. No, I did. But being embarrassed, I didn't want to say anything oh. until years later. Right. I, I <laughs> said, whatever happened to that light-skinned kid? They right started there. laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was me. Wow. Now, where you get 20 to 30 people from? This is all because y'all live close <laughs> together. That's what I'm saying. So, 20 to 30 kids, there must have been people you knew. No, he just moved around there. Yeah. Oh, he just moved around. Ah. Yeah. That was a fresh face. <laughs> oh, and you light skin too. Yeah. Did that yeah. play a major role well, in it? Back yeah. when being light skin wasn't cool, it started coming out. Yeah, we started coming out a little later. <laughs> Wesley Snipes brought us into that era, so I was on my Wesley Snipes. Uh huh. You know. So. Yeah. Was Wesley Snipes in the one in um, New Jack City? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty motherfucker. Yeah. That's how you felt about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, there you go. Exactly. Yep. But um, so after that, you know, we just became boys. His mother, I call her Ma to this day. I, when I got baptized, it was supposed to be on um, one Sunday. She was going away on vacation. I waited for her to come back, you know, so to this day, you know, I call her. You know, she calls me. You can't separate us. You know, his son is 32 years old. And to this day, he calls me uncle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Together. <laughs> <laughs> his son is big time. This is little time. <laughs> <laughs> is your son that big? Tommy. No, he's small. <laughs> Papa Stowe says it to this day. Yeah, my father. Hey, little Tommy. Yeah. He got you too? But my father calls him. And he loves that story too, how we met. Yeah. He talks about it more than we do. Mm -hmm. And he just has a ball with Mm -hmm. it. He has a ball. (laughs) Those things turn out, right? But not in the best way. Don't worry about it. Go to his family reunions back in the day. So, uh, Blake, why don't you tell my cousins how we met? <laughs> like, dude, are we really doing this? Uh-huh. <laughs> trying to make you look like a bad person. Uh-huh. Yeah, but when you look at it, we both come from big families. And it's you can say it's unique that everybody can come together like that. My family accept him and his family. Yeah. His family accepts me. I can walk to his father's house. And I hear, oh, you don't know who that is? That's Uncle Thomas. Mm-hmm. And this is what I hear the kids saying. So it's my family. Yeah. You know? And as far as the dog thing, yeah, he used to torture me with the dogs. Uh-oh. His first, Rocco and Yogi. Oh, yeah, I <laughs> go walk the dogs. Go ahead. Go walk the dogs. Then he would say something. I don't know what he would say. And they would tear the fence down. But when he comes out, we walking together with the dogs. Oh, I don't, that's where he got started. Nothing risk. Do your thing, Blake. If he doesn't allow me to go, if he says no, I'm not going there. Pop's got some OG picture with him and uh, Rocco and Yogi. Yeah. Yeah, it's a solid picture. Just chilling by the park yep. with both of them sitting. Like, you know how DMX got the dogs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you was the angry, big black kid walking around with pit bulls around the <laughs> no, no, I wasn't big. Always <laughs> 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 five foot nothing. Yeah, but it was, um, never had a pit bull. Um, 
Um, it was a Rottweiler and an Akita, Japanese Akita. So, but so this is one of the things, right? So when Malcolm say y'all was coming on the show, I'm like, okay, I definitely wanna OG talk as you said, and, and us as young men, these are the conversations we need to have. So y'all were young when y'all met each other. So y'all seen each other become fathers, right? What was that process like going from? How old were you when you had your first kid? Eighteen. How old were you? Twenty-four. 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 So you were a little bit earlier. That's why you. Please don't get the OGs in Coop, trouble. Coop, you heard it. I'm not gonna text you. <laughs> Divorces is happening at a high rate. Basically. Oh, the six-year-olds are getting divorced now. We just talked about it last episode, left and right. So, what was it like as a young man? You were still, I'm 24, I can't be a father right now, mm-hmm. so you were still fairly young. What was it like seeing each other become fathers and in your own personal journey, what, what was that like? Well, we watched each other grow, definitely watched each other grow. We were immature, young, doing a lot of dumb stuff, but to see everybody took their responsibility. You know, as a, they say black men don't accept their kids. It's a lot, it said a lot. When you, if you come around, you, you'd see a di- lot different. You'd see me amazed at how many actually were bringing their kids into the park at young ages and spending time with their kids. So it wasn't what people made it. Uh, you know, when you look at the kids now, they don't have what we had, the basketball tournaments alone. Mm. You do the numbers on that, how many kids are actually running the streets with nothing to do right now? Mm-hmm. If you had 10 teams, you got 10 players on each team, that's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. I think, yeah, it's to what you're saying, like you've seen a lot of fathers coming to the park yeah. with their kids. Y'all are y'all generation are the ones who created these basketball tournaments. I think y'all internalized that narrative of black fathers and was like, nah, we not that's not what we're doing right now. Right. You look at when my son was born, um, I can let him, he's little. He can run around the park. Why? He knew his godfather and his family was around in there. His godmother lived across the street. She has a huge family. All right. Then you got my brother, my family were in the park. It was a big community, you know. We and we went away from that. We went mm-hmm. a lot of grown ups got scared of kids. Mm-hmm. You know, so the kids lost respect. And this is where you had when you had the park jams the music was playing we respected the older guys and the, the R&B music and stuff and then later on they would put on the hip hop and give us our time but we respected them as older people you don't have that and you hate to say it but a lot of DJs no disrespect to anybody they fall into it what's the first thing they're gonna do is put on the newer music you know that's like I said I asked you weren't you raised on the old school music you wasn't but you know it you have that old soul I grew up around women so I grew up around Celine Dion that's the type of old right, school right, music I still, grew up to right, right same thing it's still, still the same thing. Right. It's still a level of respect in each, each from one age group to the next. It's always it's, once you have that, you never go away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, I get music when my kids in the car with me. I can put on old music and they'll sing every song. They can go back sometimes songs I don't remember. <laughs> you know, but that's what it is. We've lost a lot of respect. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. And you get a lot of parents. They want to be the friend mm-hmm. instead of be the parent. And then a lot of parents want to give their child what they didn't have. I heard Ricky Smiley say on his radio show, a lot of parents are focused on giving their child a life they didn't have instead of giving them what they did they have. That made them the man and the go. woman that mm-hmm. they are today. And that's the whole thing. Just give, just give, just give, just give, just give. Well, I didn't have it, so let, let me give it to my child. Forgetting the real principles yeah. that made you yeah. the respectable yeah. people that yeah. you are. Like, I know people 
that are broke because they're trying to give their kids what they didn't have. But the kids are not passing the school. They're dropping out of college. I'm not saying college is for everyone. But as soon as they get to college, they got every pair of Jordan. They got this. They got to have the freshest this. They got to have the freshest that. But that structure in the house isn't there. Because you got one parent against it and the other parent with the kids behind. You, you, you know what I'm saying? With the big, you know, foundation against the other parent. How do you find the balance? How did y'all find the balance? Um, I don't know if you say stop doing you, you I dogs are my passions I'm not gonna put dogs over my kids my passion if right now and I can say this um Joe Secreti one of the best <clears throat> trainers first of all human beings that I know that he breeds and he trains dogs so he has a, a wife that's a team with him where he's allowed to be gone from the house hours and hours and hours because he's working and take care of business if you don't have that that becomes a problem see with me my kids were growing up so i had to coach you know i didn't have to but i enjoyed coaching youth sports with them you know i enjoyed going to the basketball doing this malcolm goes away four years of college i had to support him so even if he didn't get in the game think about it he was a freshman and he played he made the varsity team played running back he didn't some games he get in two three plays you know some games he played a lot then you go up there two weeks nothing but i have to support him Mm -hmm. and that's the whole bottom line so I had to put my passion on the back burner because how am I gonna look my son in the eyes you know I was training dogs and it's not you go one hour you're there for hours you know so there's just different phases of what you would have to do and then everybody goes you know it's not like okay I'm the first one there and there's nine other people now let me go it's a team effort so everybody has to help out you know everybody there's equipment that has to be set out picked up you know dogs um, have to walk through a group of people sit in the middle of the group and everybody goes in goes out just to see how the dog reacts so now if we everybody starts leaving after they train the dog so you i'm stuck there all day so what did i have to do i have to put my dogs to the side so i can support my son so you have to find some type of balance mm-hmm. but i'm getting ready to get on some selfish shit so mm-hmm. <laughs> you it? yeah so it's just i i have to you know i'm not getting any younger there's just a lot of things i want to do that i can't yeah. you know do right now you feel like that too uncle thomas well did you have to be selfish sometimes yeah oh, this age is selfish time it's you i don't consider it really selfish we word it that way but i don't think it's selfish because if you can't take care of yourself you can't take care of others mm-hmm. so if i can build for me i'm going to build for everybody else around me you know if i sit back and just do what everybody else wants and i'm not stable i can't be stable for everybody else so it's selfish is just a word that's used for it to me my opinion is that one of the lessons you got to learn as a father especially as a good father you want to give everything and be there for your kids but sometimes i know marriages break up because of this you guys forget that you have a relationship first and maybe you forget even yourself as a human and taking care of yourself and making sure you have fun mm-hmm. take vacations or whatever you like to do yeah, I mean you, you still you sacrifice him because let's say when his kids were born say he was in love with football he chose to be there for his kids he chose to get a job you know it's 
it's kind of selfish in a way, but at the same time, it's like, it's a blessing that you chose to do that because you also could have went professional maybe and provided better for your family. You chose the now, you know? So is it selfish or is it not? Don't forget I have ball skills too, but that's enough. No. That's Basketball? Okay. Uh-huh. how tall are you, Pops? Five nothing. Yo, five foot nothing. Oh, yeah. Time to tell. Are you really five foot nothing? Yeah. No, you're not. You're not five you believe foot it. You're like five, 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 six. That's five foot nothing. <laughs> When you under five eight, yeah, yeah. yeah five foot nothing under five eight, yeah. five nine, you cut the slack. I'm six foot. Yeah. yeah, that's how I feel. I'm five eleven. I tell him I'm six yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, I'm five ten and a half. Hey, there you yeah. go. You're yeah. right. yeah. I wouldn't even. I couldn't even tell the difference. There you go. We giants. Yeah. Like someone no. five eight said it's like all right, all right, bro. You lying now. But yeah, oh, how did you know you guys being fathers like adjust? A, I don't know how to word it. Change your lifestyle around or anything, or just just know the proper steps of how you how you want um, your kid to be raised. Well, my community, you know, not how the media portrays the black community. We had enough male role models that did things. You know, there was Mr. Gale. I remember I was, I'm always young. I'm six years younger than Uncle Eric. But uh, Mr. Gale used to take Uncle Eric, Daryl, Papa, Stefan, the older kids. He would take them fishing. I would go, got older. My dad would take me fishing. Um, my friend Mark, him, I would go fishing with him and his dad, Mr. McCall, a lot. So it was always had role models. I remember plenty of times in football, the pump fake, Papa Stowe. Learned that from him. Me oh, sitting wow. on the sidewalk, watching him playing with Uncle Eric and all his friends under the streetlights on 116. Probably still playing? Playing quarterback. <laughs> and had them lined up, center, and this and that. And he was playing, and he taught them to pump fake. And Uncle Eric taught me to pump fake. You understand know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So there was enough role models. Mm-hmm. You know, the media always wants and I'm going to say this, one being ex-law enforcement and knowing situations to certain stories of how things went down. But then when you read the newspaper, see it on the news, and you're like, no, nah, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. The story's always twisted. You mm-hmm. know, like right now, you know, and I'm kind of getting off the subject. I do that a lot. But it goes with the mask and with the police, you know, the killings of the killing of, you know, young black males. Everybody was saying, just do what they say. Just do what they say. But now we're getting a lot of resistance for people that don't want to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Why don't you, you just do, do what, what they, they say? say. Yeah. It's that easy, <laughs> you know. But it's being a father wasn't hard because there was plenty mm-hmm. of, of role model fathers in, in, in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't the richest neighborhood. Yeah. I came through, they stopped in, I think, in 1992, where I was allowed to be bused. So I didn't go to the neighborhood schools. I went to 174, Regal Park, and then Russell Sage, and that's in Forest Hills. I might got the areas mixed up, but I went, to, you know, I was bused out to schools in Regal Park and Forest Hills. And... You know, you w- look around and you see these houses and you see these apartments and you're like, wow, these people are rich. Here I am growing up in South Jamaica, Queens, not rich. Um, fast forward to present day, five years ago, I meet up with a gentleman that lived out there from elementary and junior high school, a white friend, you know, and I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if he wants certain mm-hmm. things put out. But we started talking, we went out, we had lunch, we conversate, we talk over the phone and stuff like that. And... um. 
Just come to find out that the apartment that he was living and growing up, his dad still had it and is still paying the same rent he was paying from the 70s, which was $500. So here it is. I'm like, wow, you live out here now, which is a great neighborhood. I'm not knocking mm-hmm. it, but my dad owns a house now that I'm older and understand the South Jamaica, Queens, where your dad is renting an apartment. Mm-hmm. So my dad and mom came from Alabama. My father was 19. My mother was 17. And he was worked and bought a house. You know, there's plenty of times we drove around the neighborhood. They had a room here. They had a room here. They lived in the basement apartment here. He started making more money at his second job. He was able to afford an upstairs apartment. Then he went walking around the neighborhood and he brought that house in February of 1968 that he still lived. So. That's like a, um, a staple, that house right there. The neighborhood. Yeah. Everyone knows where the house is at. Yeah. Everyone's there. Yeah, so I'm quite sure Thomas has yeah. similar stories. Yeah. So it's more like the role models. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, my parents bought a house, their first house in Laurelton, Queens. You know, that was, uh, at that time, was that transition from predominantly white neighborhood to where it started changing. Like, we couldn't, a lot of times, we couldn't go from Laurelton into, was that, Elmont? As soon mm-hmm. as you cross over to Merrick Road, we would get chased. They would chase us back. White people? Yeah. yeah. Like, literally chase you yeah. out. Yeah, and we was kids. Grown-ups or ki- other kids? Grown, grown kids. Oh, grown-ups. Grown-ups. Teenagers. Yeah. yeah, that shit happened to me. Yeah. What year is this? Around what time? That was, they bought uh, the early 70s, ah. mid-70s. So you guys have a completely different relationship with race and stuff than yeah. we yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we've experienced yeah. Not like, yeah. you know, back in the day, back, further back. But we did get the experience yeah. back in the yeah. 70s, yeah. Because uh, yeah. at that time, I did go to school in Bayside, elementary school. We had to, they had to escort us to the buses because older kids would come and throw rocks at us, shoot the bus with BB guns. And the teacher had maybe five kids, five black kids to a class. So, yeah, we did see it early. We did see it. How did that, how did that make you guys feel going through that? Honestly, on my block, we still had, I think, maybe two white kids. I still played with them. Yeah. yeah. So it didn't matter. It didn't bother. Yeah. Not in that way. Yeah. But what about the incidents, like, in school or, like, going to Elmont? In school, I think we we left at an early age. We only stayed there for about a year. Okay. Because they yeah. told, they completely neglected us. Mm. You had no, the teachers didn't work with you back then. But high school, where did I go? Bayside. <laughs> to Bayside High School. Why? because I loved football but the stuff even then and that was in 84 you would still see it mm-hmm. your dad's from Alabama right yes stories 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 where mm-hmm. can I start I think three three years ago my dad and I drove down to Alabama and we started walking around the town just let you know Daveville got two stoplights now so they coming up before they didn't have that when I was coming down there so we're talking in the 70s that's the big come up yeah but <laughs> just right but just walking the neighborhood like and I'm remembering that this used to be a diner this used to be the pool hall over here that was the pig, Piggly Wiggly was the big supermarket you know but now that's closed down and maybe two blocks down well Alabama they'll say a quarter of a mile down or whatever you know, mm-hmm. there's a bigger supermarket. But I've had stories of, you know, my dad was walking me around town and it's a Mason building now. And he was going to clean some lady's yard on a Saturday morning and six cops stopped him. So he's walking in front of the police precinct. Six cops stopped him, asked him where was he going. So he told them. So they 
um, asked them. You know, one of them went inside and called the lady to verify. So now this day and age, we can't phantom why are you stopping him and asking him. So God forbid if this lady wasn't home or he wasn't going there, what would have happened? You know, but you're going to get some people, oh, nothing would have happened. You, you know, that's just their whole thought mentality because they don't have to deal with the bullshit we deal with mm-hmm. just because of the color of our skin. That's the whole bottom line. Um, he told me a story where he helped one of his friends, a white kid, in the backyard build the family swimming pool. So the kid told him to come over, you know, whatever they finished the next day. The mother stopped and told him he's not allowed in the pool. Um, another story, they were in the post office in Alabama, and he's with his mother, and a young white girl turns around and is in his face, pointing at him, calling him a nigger and laughing at him. He wanted to knock her, off, her head off. My grandmother's telling him, no, no, no. But she had to stand strong and stay there, you know, instead of running out with his son. So mm-hmm. That's probably just more troubling, too, just yeah, yeah. having to, I feel like, you're not acting, but feel like you're brave enough. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. it is what it is. Right. At this time. So she grew up where she was the town's midwife, you know, and I've never seen her deliver, but I used to go down for the summertime in the 70s. But people were telling, you know, don't tell her stories. When Mm -hmm. you say they're telling stories to her, you're lying. The story's a lie. You know, but they would tell her delivering this kid, that kid, you know, and stuff like that. There was, uh, she used to tell us how the mayor of Dayville, the all the mischief he used to get into when he was younger because she was his babysitter. So, you know, it's, yeah, just stuff he told me. And I told him, I'm happy you were brave enough to make that move to New York because I know if I would have lived down here, I would be incarcerated right now. And it's just the lack of nothing to do, you know. See, in the Caribbean, where I'm from, like, it's, you understand, like, a lot of these third world countries, they avoid of opportunities. And you see a lot of kids that were good kids growing up that I knew. I was like, oh, this guy's a good kid. Like, he loves sports. He never got in trouble. But just that lack of opportunities, you try to make opportunities. Even though that's not your natural disposition to be a criminal, you kind of somehow find your way into yeah. that hole. So, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Environment matters, man. Like, you know, just to jump to the whole criminal and how things are looked at different, you know, the Kennedys made the money off alcohol during the prohibition. But now that same person that's bigging up the Kennedys, they're talking down on Jay-Z for selling crack. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I mean, saying. if it's against the law, it's against the law. If it's against the law for me to, to sell knives across state lines, but that's where I'm making my money at and I'm smuggling them in. It's identity politics. Yeah. You know how it looks on a black guy versus yeah. this, this uh, upstate standing white yeah. family yeah. so it's just you know so I, I, I let me tell you something and being a cop and I'm not trying to take everything away from, you know from Tom this is you know story as the stuff but I can give you a perfect example when I was working in Midtown Manhattan out of 59th Street in Columbus Circle where you have say someone 16 years old and they have ID and it's a rule violation you can write them a summons or whatever or let's say they don't have ID you bring them into the precinct to verify them if you're black you're going through the system you bring that white kid in verify him give him a summons and get him out of here i've seen it and can't no one tell me i haven't seen it (laughs) as as a black cop were you able to combat that like were you were you are black cops also part of that issue like is a black cop likely to let a white kid go and well some i would say because you don't want to deal with that shit now when you got to go back into the station house i'm gonna give you a perfect example i locked up in brooklyn district 30 toyton skimmerhorn somewhere around that area a hasidic jew for jerking off on the train 
When I brought him into that command, and I didn't work out of that command, I was in the citywide unit. When I brought him in that command, the lashing I got from that lieutenant on the desk, because he was a citywide. They had, and I kid you not, four other officers helping me do the paperwork to hurry up and get him out. So they gave him a DAT, which was called the desk appearance ticket. But it was also known as a disappearance ticket where a lot of people <laughs> wouldn't show up to court on that court date, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I've seen. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think about the. Oh, hold on. And just to get back to that, you know, and then I'm going to say 70 percent of the black bosses that I dealt with. They're full of shit. You have the Asians, the Latin, the white bosses looking out for their officers. Counterparts. Right. Uh, you know, that are Asian, you know, stuff like that, that are Latin. They'll look out for. So let's just say I'm a supervisor and I want to write this Asian cop up. Whatever. You'll get an Asian boss that'll come and talk to me to smooth it up. You get a lot of these black bosses, except for my man Lee Jones. He'll fight for that cop. See, a lot of these black bosses, they get on television. Half of these motherfuckers, when I see them on TV talking against the police department, you were the fucking problem because you were writing up black cops for stupid stuff and you weren't trying to defend them and help them, you know, but now you want to talk bad about the police department. You didn't get no respect. So whenever I go to a function and I see them as close as we are to them and they'll say, what's up, Stowe? I look at them and walk away. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. Fuck you. The, the whole bottom line. Being, you guys are in your 50s, so you guys seen a lot of like uh, racial injustices over the time. Like we had the, the George Floyd situation recently last year. How was this different? Maybe the reaction different from anything you've guys seen coming up? Uh, the reaction is for everybody getting together and, you know, coming together for it. Or you mean it's for the incident? Let's say the incident. The incident. You look at the Howard Beach case. You know, that was a big incident. You know, you had a kid, in fact, within his school. And they chased him, and he got yeah, killed. Let me show me at yeah. Howard Beach. The Howard Beach case yeah. incident. John John Lester Scott Kern, and I can't think of Scott Kern's other brother. They this car of black people broke down going into Brook with black people in it going into Brooklyn, and they stopped at New York Pizza Parlor, and all hell broke. <coughs> One kid got hit by a car, and died. Michael Griffin got hit, right, Michael mm -hmm. Griffin? And come to find out, the kid that hit him's father was an off-duty cop. Nothing ever happened. The kid left the scene, went, the father drove him back. Now, this is all just me hearing, but the father drove him back and said, oh, my son thinks he hit something, a dog or something in the street. And... But this is not me knowing, but this is just me hearing mm -hmm. stuff like that. Jeez. So, all right, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm talking. No, no, no. You're right because you know more about it. I just want to bring up that example. You know, so there's it's recording. Like, I tell everybody, mm -hmm. young people, to the young lady that videotaped the murder of uh, Mr. George Floyd, thank you. Because she kept her camera on that officer. You know you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. She kept her camera on that officer. Did I think he got up that day and said he was going to kill somebody? No, but I think his ego got in the way of, who. you know, I got this badge on. Who are you to tell me what to do? Mm -hmm. So now look what it cost him. His life. You know, the Rodney King incident where he was high, druggy, California black guy. He got the living shit be out of by some cops in Los Angeles. That's one reason why I wanted to become a cop. Because I felt if there was one black cop then maybe they would have stopped it, mm -hmm. you know. And I was never put in that situation where I had to stop somebody from beating the crap out of somebody. I was never put in that situation. What was the reason that they beat him? Did they have a... a you mean the Howard Beach incident? No, 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 the, the Rodney King. Oh, oh. He wasn't listening. He didn't comply. It was so ridiculous, though. 
Yeah. And that was the first videotape. So Dang, the first one. Wow. You know, think about it that they had and the cops get off. Yeah. All the cops got off. Yeah. You got yeah. some money though. Yeah, a million dollars. And he blew it. Got a million dollars and wanted to open up a record label and still <laughs> had a problem with drugs. <laughs> <laughs> that is the blackest shit ever. <laughs> you think that was the only opportunity for a million dollars at that time? Well, if you're in the hood, yeah. Yeah. But if you this is my man. I come into a million dollars. Yo, I got this million dollars. Yo, I know such and such. My younger brother can rap and him and his friends. All right, bet. We don't know nothing about fucking music. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? So I'm giving him money. I'm shooting videos. I'm paying you guys to do stuff. I don't know how much it is. So instead of your normal price, now you jacking up the price on it. Yeah. If you don't know, yeah, that was the easiest way. He actually, he got $4 million, Oh, four million. Yeah. But he had to pay $2 million in uh, attorney right. fees. Yeah. So. Then again, look at Abner Luima. What's that? that? Abner Luima. With those cops, uh, they allegedly, I'll say allegedly. They sodomized him. Sodomized him with a plunger. I remember you telling me that too. God, me. Abner Luima. Yeah. It happened in Manhattan. He's down in Florida now. I think he got $4 million. Cop lost his job because he was lying behind it. When I woke up and got that paper that Sunday, that was a disgusting story. I, I'm being honest. I was like, this dude is lying. It, it wasn't because I'm a cop and he's, you know, <clears throat> my thought was, what person? I just couldn't phantom another human being mm. doing this to somebody. Yeah. Taking a broomstick and sodomizing yeah. somebody. I couldn't phantom that. It just couldn't go. But when I went to work, what made me think, you know, this really did happen was a lot of, I'm not going to say a lot. I guess, forgive me for saying a lot. Two white cops I know said the guy is lying. The cops are telling the truth. I'll believe a cop before I would believe a perp. Hmm. So he's a perp. Why? Because he got locked up for some misdemeanor stuff. The photos are crazy. I'm looking at this right now. It's crazy. So do do y'all think... Derek Chauvin, unlike the guys from Rod- the Rodney King incident, he was held accountable. And I think the other four cops who was there, they was uh, charged also. I'm not sure what. Yeah, I think it's a, a changing point. Do you think the George Floyd incident and... It should be a changing point, at least. If it's not, it should be a start somewhere. It's got to start. I'm yeah. guessing you guys were satisfied with the jury's decision on that? Like I was telling a lot of people, in all honesty, I thought he was going to get hit with manslaughter. <clears throat> like Because he didn't wake up saying, I'm going to kill somebody. Yeah. You know, if I leave out of here... I'm doing all this, you know, we're talking and, you know, when I get out of here, I'm going to kill this person. I'm going to kill that person. I'm going to do this. And then I go and do it. I set out to do it. That's first degree. Right. Yeah, right. Yes. So he got up in my mind, you know, there's no proof that he got up. I'm going to kill somebody today. But I think his ego got in his way where you're not going to tell me what to do. You know, talking about the people around, you know. And then that just goes back to me saying my 15-year-old mind when I met Thomas, you know, it was an ego thing. And here it is. You got a grown man. Where's his mind at? What's his mindset? You know, and I, me personally, I can't speak for any other police academy, but it's a business. Six months, you're out at the academy. And as I'm getting older, and I understand, six months really isn't enough. It's nothing. What other professional job like that with that much responsibility, you only train for six months? Mm -hmm. You're right. It's crazy. 
You gotta go to college for four years to get a minimum wage job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to go to college for four years. Well, what is it? You need like 63 credits now? Yeah, to get a police officer in yep. corrections? Two years. You didn't need that for. Oh, so yeah, six they're, they're, they're trying to raise that bar of entrance? Yeah. yeah, they did that while I was on the job in the 90s. Okay. When I came on, you could have got on with the GED and you could have been, you could, you could have taken the test at 16. Like, I had a gentleman in my company that had taken the test when he was 16. He got called when he was 19 years old. By law, he was too young to buy a gun, but he was able to get his department issue gun. So he wanted a backup gun. So he gave the, the money to another gentleman in my company. <laughs> gentleman buys the gun for him. They fill out the paperwork and they do a swap of the gun. Okay. You know, but it's it's all, I mean, it's, that's legal. But there's just certain things, you know, like when I was went on and I went through the, to pick my medical insurance, there was a lady that was going, you're young, you're young, you're a baby. And I'm like, 25, I think I was 24. And she goes, you're a baby. And I see it now mm-hmm. when I see cops. Like, I understand what she was saying, you know. It, to me, you can be 24 and do this job, 22 and do this job. You can, but I think the training needs to be long or either after a while you need to bring cops back for more training you know they do have little training classes to kick you know then you back out but i i just think that something has to give you know times are changing everything changes with the times times are changing i'm not saying making the, the academy nine months you know if i live in a terrible neighborhood and i need police in there do i want i want cops out so now if you're supposed to send 30 cops to my area but now i gotta wait a year, you know. Yeah. I mean, everything has a balance. I get it, and you know, I I, I don't have the answer. Yeah. Maybe you take a second to put a lot of cops in, but then after, okay, now let's have some people behind taking the appropriate training, like you know, because at some point the numbers, okay, we understand we need it now, right? But now let's up the, the you right know, what we're asking right. for for someone to be in that position. Right. Pops, you got the Uncle Neris around or not? Nah? nah, I didn't bring it. I didn't bring it. All right. Like, What's that? So whiskey. These um, ladies, it was, it's in honor of um, Uncle Nerys is the slave that taught Jack Daniels how to brew his whiskey. So um, um, Fawn Weaver and uh, I think three other ladies, they set out in Tennessee and they made the Uncle Nerys brand. And um, each year, I can't remember what they were for, but there's the 1884, 1856. And if you get a hands on the 1820, don't open it because that's real hard to get. Uh-huh. But each year stands for something in Uncle Nerys's life. But he wow. was the black slave that showed Jack Daniels how. So what you supposed to do with that eighteen twenty? Hold on to it unless you till you get another bottle. Don't don't be like me thinking, uh-huh. oh, okay, I, yeah, it's easy to get. <laughs> oh, you had the eighteen twenty? I had the eighteen twenty a few times. Every mm-hmm. once in a while they would release it. And one time I was in a doctor's office and I told them, hold on, I hold up my doctor's appointment. I ordered, I got it. Okay, next time I, I got oh, it. Oh yeah. But now it's became so popular. They uh, with the it's like Jordan releases of whiskey. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. You okay. was telling me the story about the young lady that was drinking on the podcast and then. She drove and killed the cop. Yeah, yeah, idiot. Yep. Whatever happens to her, I don't feel sorry for her. First of all, her license is suspended. She has a kid, so her kid wasn't in a car, so she doesn't care about a kid driving like that, you know. But to take a man from his family, from his community, I don't know the officer, but from people that I know that know him, they talked about how a great guy this man was. 
guys, you know. So you can't sit out here. I don't condone, you know, I have my drinks, but if you, there's Uber. <laughs> yeah, they can. I, I can't feel sorry for it. It's not like she has to walk out and hail a cab. Mm. So, you know, I feel sorry for this officer's family, for his co-workers, for his <laughs> friends, you know, like coming here today on, um, what was the, the LIE, the Highway 2, they have the black, the, the, the flag out in honor of him. Mm-hmm. So these guys got to walk in this building knowing he's not going to be there anymore because of somebody's stupidity, mm-hmm. you know. And then to sit there, I will never, and I, and it, bad mouth the police do things need to be changed yeah you know and how i have no answer for it. but do i see things changing yeah i see them changing mm-hmm. but in the same token i don't think a lot of stops by cops it's you know a white cop and say a uh, black male it's racist i think a lot of people are just scared mm-hmm. you know it's this, this this stereotype it's what they fed like yeah. my son my youngest son comes home they had to go through the black community one day to go to school because there was an and I think he was probably in fourth or fifth grade and all of the white kids are yelling we're going to get killed they're going to shoot <laughs> us where are they hearing this from mm-hmm. you, you understand what I'm saying Elijah you're okay because he's black mm-hmm. I had an incident I got stopped by a car I'm a cop I said a car a cop and he's at the window, and I see his thumb just shaking like this. I'm like, my goodness. Yeah. Like, calm down. I want to tell him, like, all right, we're good, bro. Just please yeah. say what you got to say. Yeah. Let's get it over with. You making me scared moving like yeah. this, talking to me. I'm like, God, Lee. That's crazy. Like, a lot of people don't understand the talk. I have to talk with my kids. Yo, all the windows down, the key, car off the key on the dashboard, whoever's in the front, the driver, steering wheel, the passenger, dashboard, the passengers in the back on the front headrest. Someone someone had brought up a great point on a podcast I was listening to. It was like, in school, they should teach you how to be pulled over by cops. Because a lot of times, like, we even see it's unfortunate. Like, no one deserves to lose their lives. But just as you tell them, like, yo, when it comes to cops, be on point, especially if you're a black man, yeah, yeah. you know? I mean yeah. and we see a lot of young black people lose their lives because they you know what I mean are disagreeing with the cops or they try yeah. to run away and it's like yo we know how they view us so don't even take the yeah. risk of yeah. doing that but what a lot of people fail to realize is when you're constantly like I was explaining to my neighbor I was 17 18 I was jogging around the park and 116th Avenue it's residential then you have the Van Wick 115th Avenue is residential and then you have 140th Street Three times I jogged past these police officers. So by the time I start coming down 115, I mean 116th Avenue, and I get along now to the side of the Van Wick, I see them coming and lights on. They got a call. They pulled me over asking me where am I running to? Why am I running? I just passed y'all three times and y'all looked at me. <laughs> running. You know, hands on, you know, the guns searching me. Yeah, this is People what do I do? With. This is what I, my neighborhood. I didn't tell my father. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. What, what's going to happen? Because in my mind, I tell my father, he goes to the precinct, something's going to happen to him there. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you eat this. That's true. That's the sad part, too. Yeah, you yeah, have to yeah. eat it. You, you, you eat this. But when you're raised and you don't have to deal with that, and you're told, when your mindset, just do what the cop says. But after a while, you get, you're tired if this is a constant day, every day, you know? And I can't have a bad day as a human being. And now this cop is stopping me over some bullshit. And what? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know what's going on in somebody's mind yeah. or what they're going through. And that one, Internet, you know. Yeah. And that's all it takes, too. I was, uh, 
Talking to one person, me and Nick got some furniture, right? And this lady got me mad because she was like, you want to finance it? And it wasn't a lot of money. So I just started yelling at her. And uh, and I was working with some guy I worked with at, at, my, at school. Um, I was talking to him. And I'm like, imagine if I snapped like that to a cop. And I wasn't even thinking right. at that time. So I only can imagine like how yeah. some people, they just snap. And, and some people have real anger issues yeah. where they can't control themselves because like, yo, this is bullshit. Like, yeah. what the fuck? You get those. Those, those are the scary moments too. Incident. All right. Maybe take a break. I want to lighten the mood. I want to talk about you guys, youth, yeah. sports and everything. I'll give us like 20 minutes. Right. That's cool. 430. I mean, he hasn't... Uh, what, 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 the, Right there, right behind you, hanging up. But we started like twelve. I mean, if, if valid. Yeah, well, I just thought he had been like, "Yo, damn, this nigga Nick was late." I was late, like thirty minutes late. You mind valid? Yeah, she was to be ordering some shit. That's all about the cool for us. Bro, put some food in. <laughs> oh. Cooking man, food over at the Christian. Where? You brought food over or you bought a cooler? To you got a food in. Yeah, it's a bus up shot, actually. Oh, you about to, oh, she ordered food. You about to bring it over there? Yeah. Oh, They're okay. having, like, their little anniversary party today. When when they anniversary? Earlier this week. Oh, where? Me and Serena, 10th. We celebrated last night. You and Serena, 10th? May 10th. Oh, yeah, I celebrated it last night. Yeah. What y'all do? Went to some steakhouse. That's fine. Y'all remember the actual date? Y'all got, like, got together? No, we just go, bro. I was, talking, I was talking to her every day, so it's not even like. I talked to her for like not one week. So did y'all decide that this was y'all? Yeah. Okay. It don't even, like, if you talking to that person every day, bro, you're not yeah, running circles. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, bro. Like, some people would talk to someone, but someone could be running games. So y'all was both single and just both, like, yeah, every day. FaceTime every night. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. It wasn't like, yo, what's up? Like, where are we? Yeah, yeah. Y'all was both with it. Like, fuck it. Came home. Fuck it. What you about to do after this? I'm about to go Mm -hmm. chill, honestly. You about to have one? Call of Duty? No, I gotta do is do that uh, shit for Keanu. Let me see. I mean, that shit easy though, but What's that? he wanted to see like the information of like weed stocks and shit. Oh, okay. But that shit shouldn't take that long. I'll probably chill. Bro. I'm trying to lighten the mood before we dip. I just want to. Yeah, I think I'll take another shit. No, I didn't take another dip. This shit hard. Yeah, though. that shit is. <laughs> like, when I seen I was like, yeah. That's, that's it. That, when I texted, yeah, that's it right there. That's it, bro. Like, that's but that's where, right where we said that. Nah, 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 my aunt just cleaned up and she just moved everything. Your mom was like, fuck it. My aunt, yo, but so, you know, I'm thinking like these are so fire, they shouldn't even be on the table. Like, we both need to put some, like, one side. Some smaller? Us, oh, some on the side. side yeah. Do it. So it's like, you know what I mean? It'd be right up in front of us, kind of off camera kind of thing. Yeah, I know. I see what you're saying. Awesome. It's gonna be some hard. small shits. Let's find some small shits at the uh, spot. Yeah, it could be anything. anything. Yeah, I'm talking about the sports. Bro, and they, bro, and, and they fucking sit so well like I don't know if you can tell bro like they're mad sturdy like so you see throw that across. you see this yeah. it's so dope because this is like a rise and then it hooks up the sofa it's so comfortable it's comfortable on the table it's secured Oh, look at this shit, bro. bro. Where you get that from? <laughs> you got a picture of me in his phone. That boy was chubby. Yeah, I be looking at old shit. I be like, damn. And we was working out, too. It was just dieting. When we was working out with football? No. Not working out in general. Like, that season, yeah. Like, we would work out and playing basketball and shit. But niggas that's was still so chubby? Yeah, that's how I know. It was like, dieting every day. I be looking at But you also like, get bro, older, too, out. bro. Like, people be thinking, like, yo, you go through period, you reach 20 and your face stop. Yeah. Like, you're still maturing. Nah, that's a fact. Until you start getting old, motherfucker. <laughs> that shit, though. 
That shit go from maturing to dying real quick. I hope this shit is fire. I think this is gonna be good. It's a different vibe. Like, yeah. The, the, the somber. The other dude, Dave, would have had. I knew it was gonna be Dave. different from Dave's hair, yeah. Good. Energy. You're old like this. Yeah. Well, you got I'm already starting already. Coming out. I'm the bathroom king over here. <laughs> as soon as I get here, I go, go to the bathroom. Yeah, I want to get into you guys' sports, your athleticisms yeah. back in the day. There yeah. we go. And then we can end, then we can end the show. I'm starving, man. So I'm on a diet, though. I'm trying to. So <laughs> <laughs> we can yeah, do perfect. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on five days now for me. Yeah, but how far? How far? All right, hold on. Yeah, little net. Hey, the dude that owned it, he used to own a pizzeria. He's a black dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He used to own a pizzeria. He's like, yeah, the business is too much. Too much hands on, he was saying. Okay, so that's cool. The man's them. Hold on and text me now. Call the Uber driver. Yeah, one thing goes up. Your food got to go. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Is there? Yeah. As long as you can pass me the, uh, that cooler right there. Yes, I just corona. Just in case I gotta go pick that up real quick. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? He said, open it. There's coronas in there. It's <laughs> corona. He can't even yeah. fit one corona in there. How small this is. About to get some bust up shot. Keep it nice and warm. All right, but bring it back. Let me get I was about to say, you're not plugged in. Bow. Wait, hold on. Oh, no, you plugged in. I was in, about you to say in. the whole time? Yeah. All right. All right. Let's lighten up the mood. Let's talk about you guys' athleticism growing up. Pops, I heard a few stories you was telling me. Yes, they was verified. Uncle Thomas, I didn't even know you played football. Yeah, that was my first love. That was your first love? Yeah. Football? Yeah. I loved, I had to be outside playing football all the time. Then notice too is when I played for the Rifles and had to be 79, I think, 80. Then I, when I moved out to Jamaica, some of the same guys that was around there, I played with. Oh, wow. But we didn't really know each other. Wow. So I got to meet up. We got to, you know, compare stories. And then we had our own team in Ajax. And man, we would play anybody. <laughs> we would come to your house. And that was just, it was, man, it was a bond we had. That was the best times. That was my fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you would have loved it. You would have loved yeah. it. That was with some good days. That's when football was real? Yeah. 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 <laughs> we did it with no equipment. No equipment. No equipment. Every Sunday. Hitting each other. Park yeah. versus no. park. What age are you guys? Definitely it's an age early, range. It's our mid-20s. Yeah. Mid-20s? Oh, Wait, wow. what? Mid-20s? I thought y'all was kids. No. I feel like we would do the same thing where I grew up at. Because mm-hmm. we used to do American Thomas and the kids that lived around the corner, they really weren't athletes. And one kid played hockey, one kid was a track star. Mm-hmm. But we could do that. I only can imagine like 20 kids a park versus park. Yeah, wait. So, just so I get this right, y'all was out of high school, grown men, you had mm-hmm. kids, right? You <laughs> a father, and y'all would link up with each other and play tackle football in your mid 20s. Yeah. Nick, there's a lot of people playing semi pro, right? But they try but, to go to the league, though. That's that a different pro, but you know how we view semi pro order for adults, yeah. But semi pro, PSA, if you playing semi pro. Hit us, the nigga Melissa. We counsel you on how to stop doing that. Yeah. Don't don't waste your life and abuse your body doing that. Pop Warner for grown ups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that one. That was funny. So at twenty five, y'all body didn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you pay for it later on. We hit. <laughs> it was no. Oh, we don't have no equipment on them. Nah. It was hit. 
It was real dislocated bone, you name it. We I, really hit. I remember watching, like, Springfield Rifles had their own team. And you guys used to do, like, tournaments and everything, right? Yeah. Flag, yeah. yeah, we played flag football. And now they do the um, turkey bowl. Yeah, the turkey bowl. That's been going on. I can't even tell you. Yes. It started out, I don't even know what year. But every Thanksgiving, we'd go to Montebello Park, and we would play them. And then it just... So whatever reason the guys in Montebello stopped playing. Now I haven't played in years, so I probably played like the first three or four years. But then um, the guys in Montebello, whatever, stopped playing. So we had enough people with the Springfield Rifles, and we continued playing. So now I think they do the younger guys against the older guys. Yeah, I gotta check that out. Yeah. Uncle Tom, what's your craziest story in youth of like being an athlete? Any spectacular know. play you yeah. made I, at oh, Bayside? Uh oh, let me hear that. <laughs> let me hear that. Just for the record, that was everybody's highlight to tackle me. Come on. That Wait, was, you was a running back? Yeah, okay. Come on, you think I got it from <laughs> <laughs> you? You even know that? Okay. You're really the real Pop Walla. Like, you started this. <laughs> At middle linebacker. Yep. Wow. So what happened when he tackled you? I don't remember. That, so that's how little it was. Like, <laughs> nah, it, it wasn't like my quarterback. Didn't really get along with him sometimes. So I didn't care if he got hit, really, sometimes. <laughs> this one day, I, yo, man, they can hear that. Uh, <laughs> you going to beep that? No, yeah. it's not. Shaq, anyway. <laughs> you mean Shaquille O'Neal? <laughs> all I remember is your father coming in strong, and I was on the other side. And I was like, I got to protect my quarterback. Not thinking I'm not supposed to protect my quarterback at this point. So I caught him off guard. Uh, yeah. So you pancake them? Yeah. Lay him out. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, what do you do after you stand? You no, stand? we laugh. Oh, you laugh. Yo, what are you doing, man? He wasn't <laughs> supposed to do that. I got a similar story when I mauled Malcolm. Yeah. He was cha- Go ahead, tell him. No, it was nothing crazy. I just had to put him out. To take him uh, out. You might as well tell him how you put me out because you didn't so, do it. So basically, I, I, this is what I was playing D line. Malcolm was playing running back. And I think I probably was on the right. If I can remember, I was on the right side of the line. And Malcolm was on, he was running left. Because it was on the left yeah, sideline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and like probably did like, ran through the C gap or something. And I redirected, chased him down like 15 yards down. This one I was like 240, so I was moving. I was probably faster than him at the point. <laughs> <laughs> and I caught him and I jumped over on him. And it felt good. He was so high. I'm like, damn, I, I, I can see it right now. I can see Nick. I'm down getting tackled. I can just see Nick so high. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what you get. Because I don't know. I felt he was clearly the best running back on the team, and I felt like the best D lineman on the team. But yeah, I, I've always told him, I told him this when he was in high school. You know what it is? As a parent, a lot of parents think their kids are going pro at the age of six and nine. Like, we went through this. In 2005, our team went to Arizona to play for the national championship. I, I was the assistant head coach. We were blowing. He started fullback, middle linebacker. How old were you? Eight on a 12-year-old team? Yeah. And we were just destroying people. So come the beginning of the third quarter or middle of third, he was the first person I would pull. Now, we I have a head coach and stuff like that. But a lot of parents felt I was, because I'm a coach, my son was playing. No, he, he earned it. So I had a lot of parents hating on me. Because their kids suck, but they felt that they kids. I'm being honest with you. You did a stack, but I'm being honest with you. 
you know, but they felt that their kid should go to the pros from Pop Warner football. But I always told them, one thing I told them, I don't care what sport you're playing, and then I don't care what division college you go to, that college team is an all-star high school team. I don't care if it's division one, two, and three. And just keep that mindset and you got to work hard. And then I told them when he went to Utica that they have a saying in the police department, when you take a promotional test, just make the list. So if they're taking 100 people, it's all right to be 100, just as long as you're on that list. So I told him, we know you're on the JV team. Just make the list for the varsity team. And he made it. Offensive rookie player of the year. You know, he's the only one of my boys that listen. Blake knows it all. Eli knows it all. So he's the only one that listens. You know, when he comes to sports, you know, they feel, you know, Blake used to play youth football. And then, you know, one few years he didn't want to play. Then he stopped playing. He came back. And he surprised everybody because he matured mentally mm. that he was ready to go. Eli has this thing where he thinks he can turn it on and off. You know, he doesn't understand that switch has to be on all the time because that second you turn it off, that dude who has his switch that's on is going to pull a neck on you. you. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Or time is on you. Make that play. Yeah, that second you, took, you, you shut that switch off. Yeah. Right. Now, now, what's your crazy athletic story uh, back in the day? I know you got a few, given the craziest one. Oh. Uh, I tell you what, craziest one, Mike Amirati, high school, um, backup quarterback, wide receiver. He lived out in Howard Beach. And this was the day after that Michael, the Howard Beach incident. We all got together that we were going to play football up there at John Adams High School. So I think it was called the Fugazi Bowl. I know the old heads are going to correct me when they hear this, but the New York City public school champions played the Catholic school champions. Fugazi Bowl. Yeah. They right? still got that. Oh, they still do? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so my cat went to... St. Francis Prep transferred, came to John Adams. Anyway, long story short, so he gets, we play a game. So he gets some of his boys from the Catholic school system. One kid made the all-star team. Long story short, I was cracking this kid's ass. He couldn't tackle me. And dudes are looking at him, was like, yo, you know, you were all county, that, you know, you were all this guy. You, you, you know what I'm saying? So I would say that right there. You know, yes. people underestimate you because you don't have the accolades that they have. You, you know what I'm saying? That feels but, the best, though, right? When you're the underdog yeah. and you come out and you bust ass. That's the whole thing. And that's just it's the best feeling. That's how I try to approach everything. You know, it was crazy. Like, just Malcolm, though. Like, I, I don't really think about my football career so, so much. Cause I didn't really play football for that long. I played football for, like, three years. Mm-hmm. And the other day, I'm in the car. And it's the first time I got a high off of thinking of things that I did while I was playing. And it's weird. I don't know if that happens to you, but you get a high just mm-hmm. thinking about like, yo, those plays that I made or yeah. the respect that you received when you did certain things. And it's like, oh shit, mm-hmm. that felt good. Yeah. Saying basketball, I love sticking him because <laughs> he's, he's going to dribble. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, he's going to try to go to the hole on you. So I do. All I had to do was stand in front of him. <laughs> you like Dribble Uncle Thomas? Hey, Big yeah, point guard? I love point guard. Yeah. I love it. Love it. But I don't mind feeding it. Yeah. yeah. I'm always going to let you know I got your back. Okay. But I love defense even more. Okay. Okay. So you, you you are you the type of player that you need on the team. Yeah. I'll, I'll do anybody. I'll, I'll, I'll give it bigger, you bigger. But I can hold my own. I can hold it in the paint. It doesn't matter. So I didn't mind playing. I can play with anybody. You can be the person that nobody wants to play with. I can play with you. You won't get 
get some assists. Then. Yeah, I'm going to get some as long as if I can get an assist, it's still two points. Mm-hmm. Who's winning the one on one games between y'all two? <laughs> I was about to ask that. Have we ever played the one on one game? I don't think so. So who's a better player if y'all never played one on one? I'm gonna say me. If me. You're gonna say him. Me. Who you gonna say? <laughs> yeah, faster. <laughs> No. Definitely wasn't fast. <laughs> fast <laughs> about the race outside, y'all. I I could I had hops. Tell me. Well, little guy, he did have hops. I was cl- yo. He did. Have I was hops. over. Okay. It. I was over the rim. You was dunking. I wouldn't say I was dunking, but I was over the rim. Okay. You know what it was he would like go like, and he would just sit there in the air for a minute. Uh, yep. So he Hang wasn't time. that he was high. He would, no, he would my go back. Fade away. It was his fadeaway. That's yo. I had it hops. No, he would get up. But call Joe and Tony right That's now. Right. Put them on screen. <laughs> <laughs> Joe and Tony. Like yo. He's yo sleep. That's that's. I can't even say the word. <laughs> he needs sleep. <laughs> <laughs> sleep deprived. That's there the word. Sleep no. deprived. But uh, yeah, I'm shit. I'm gonna say me. Okay, I respect that. <laughs> I, I, I have, and it's not one of these where I'm saying I have to because I feel I was faster. And something he said to me. Uh-oh. He goes because I used to always drive. He says, "If you ever develop a jump shot, you're going to be dangerous." <laughs> and I started developing the jump shot. <laughs> My fadeaway. My fadeaway, and I was f- fast. I didn't. I couldn't dribble that well, but I was fast. <laughs> and once I got that little jump shot in, so now I can give you a pub fake. You go up, I can go around. That's not like Malcolm. That's <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Cool. He told me that story, the way he shot, and I would actually play. That's that exactly <laughs> Malcolm. Loved doing that. Pub. Hoping and doing something. Uh-huh. And holding the like, shot and yeah. then shoot. Yeah. And everybody's up. That used to make Patrick mad. This one guy, Patrick, yeah, uh, yeah. that lived on his block. Oh, I got play. I got play. <laughs> I got play. But you know, Patrick was predictable. He was, he, and he was what we used to call the backyard player. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a park player. He had a basketball hoop in his backyard. Uh. And that's where he played most of the time. He can play now. Don't get yeah. me wrong. He yeah. can play. He just didn't have the heart, though. Mm. If you had heart, you'd shut him down every time. Oh, so he. He's just accustomed like doing things in his right. backyard, but exactly. when you get up in his face, he kind of folds. Right. And it was this guy Elliot that lived around the corner, 140th Street. Fucking fast and left hand, disgusting. Nice. Yeah. Cause he was fast and mm-hmm. he was small. I mean, I wasn't that tall. He was a little bit shorter than me, but just as fast as he was, you know, he was just quick. But he's left handed. Mm-hmm. So the majority of the time, you're playing ball against somebody right handed. Mm-hmm. I was the oh, these guys, he got Ajax bar. Well, it was a lot of competition there. Yep. Sound like fun. It was. It was. Yeah. It was just some good days. Yep. Big staple in y'all life. Yep. Lifetime. Kev, Kev Young, aka Kareem. That's the first time I learned to ride my bike. That park too. I remember that. Yeah. A lot of history there. It's a lot of history. A lot of history. A lot. All right. We're wrap it up, I think. Yep. I think we had a good time, man. I, I shared know. a lot with the people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, sorry, man. I did need some sleep. Like he said. <laughs> <laughs> you had a long night last night? I, I went. I got off work when I went and worked out, and I didn't get to go to sleep. Ah. So I had to hurry up and get ready to come here. All right, so we appreciate it. Oh, yeah, no, hopefully I was going to miss it. No, no, we appreciate it. But the, the next time is, is going to be the trilogy. We're going to get Dave here. Right. Unfortunately, one of uh, David's friend's mother passed away, so Dave. <laughs> Couldn't make it. Eugene's mother passed away. Rest in so peace. Dave is staying in Delaware, taking care of his boy. So that's how we roll. So. Mm-hmm. And Dave is another one that grew up with y'all. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Dave's the comedy. That, look, uh-huh. The interview would have been a little bit more like that. Uh, that guy that was here a little yeah. while ago. Right. <laughs> yeah. A combination. Yeah. 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 You need that though. Yeah, Dave. Is- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got any uh, lasting words to give to the people? Um, God bless and good night.
<laughs> Respect. Young kids, listen to your elders. And when I tell my kids, God isn't making any more land, buy land. Respect. Financial advice and moral advice. Let's go. I don't care if it's an acre of land or a quarter of an acre of land. Buy it. I don't care where it's at. Buy it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the OG Talk yes, Nick and Mal episode. Bow. <laughs>